be seated for a little minute. Rama, secretary, just be seated for a minute. If you're happy on the floor, stay on the floor. No need to rearrange, just sit where you Tony, just stand back here. Just hold hands. Face me. Yeah, you two of you, just stand. Just face me. Hey. Hold hands here. Hold hands and face me. Yeah, put the other hands that they're not holding up. See, it's not like I like making people hold hands. It's our sign of surrender to the Lord. And we're not looking at Charles, we're not looking at man, but we're lifting our hearts and our minds and our spirits to the Lord. All right? As I was seeing you two hold hands or pray for each other, the Lord just spoke in my spirit about Paul and Cyrus. If you two would learn to hold each other's hands, if you two would learn to learn hold each other's hands, there will be a breakout of praise in the shackles and in the prison cells like it happened when Paul and Cyrus held hands. There was incredible and mighty breakthrough that the prison gates were literally the prison gates literally were opened because in unity and in brotherly love they held hand and praised the Lord Fresh fire. 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 Don't go away, people.
There's something that I felt the Lord wanted to do this morning that we haven't got into that yet, but I just want to share a couple of scriptures with you. You all have your Bibles? Do you have your Bibles? Are you people content? No. Scare up him all. Yeah. Tell your little limiter to go away. Tell your limiter to go away. Say, people, you can be believing and praying for revival. You can just step into it right here and right now. I remember many, 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 many years ago, I would have been about 17 years old. About a year prior, just giving my heart to the Lord. And the Lord had just uh, put a passion in my heart to preach and to minister and to pray. And one weekend I went to a village. I was just a small young man, about 17 years old in a village. And we were preaching the gospel. This is the first uh, message or preaching I ever did outside my scripture union or outside the setting of my school. I ran away from school, by the way. And then I went to the village and uh, this lady came up and said, I have a demon. It's an ancestral spirit. Every time that I'm pregnant or I have a baby, these spirits come to me in a dream and they tell me to perform certain traditional rituals. And for the last three times they came to me, I refused. And as a result, they killed my babies. So she had lost three children because every time these spirits made a demand, she said she wouldn't. And the night before I came to this village, the lady had just had a dream the same spirit, and she had a, a, a child, I think about 18 months old. And she was saying, I just had the same dream. And this time they're saying they're going to kill me. And if they don't kill me, they kill my son. Please, can you help me? I've gone to a lot of churches. They have prayed for me. They tried to cast out these demons, but they wouldn't leave. And it's just something that, uh, even as you hear this testimony, four babies killed. That is, four consecutive pregnancies. And I felt what the Bible said, that Jesus saw the people harassed by the devil like sheep without a shepherd 
He was moved by compassion and he healed them all. See, the greatest tragedy where the spirit and the anointing of the Lord is not operating, the devil becomes like a loose fox in a chicken coop. There is something incredible that the Spirit of the Lord is doing in these last hours. I don't know what the news has told you, but the Bible says, the glory of the Lord shall cover the whole earth as the waters covers the earth. We are not going out as a defeated church with a tail between our t- whatever. We are a triumphant church. We are a victorious church. We are the people that are called by his name. I don't know if you understand what that means. You are a people that are called by a name that is above every other name. You are called by a name that is above every other name. I don't know if you just understand that or what. If you understood that, I feel the holy frustration on me. You are called, you are people that are called by whose name? You are a people that are called by his name, and he is a name that is above every other name. What that means is whatever has a name, you've got power, authority, and dominion over it. Whatever has a name, you are above it. Whatever has a name, you are infinitely more powerful above it. Because the name that you are called by is a name that is far bigger, stronger, greater than any other name. See, the other thing it means, you being the people that are called by his name. Carrying somebody's name, it means you carry their identity. It means you carry their glory. It means you carry their honor. I don't know. Did you understand what that means? Jian, just because you are called Fagnoli, that's the name you carry. 
It entitles you to go in pizza campus and get a big pizza and eat it. And whoever has got problems, talk to my dad. Have you used that authority yet? Maybe time you practice your authority. Maybe time you walked in the fullness of the name you carry. You carry a name that entitles you to everything befitting the name you carry. You carry a name that entitles you to everything befitting the name you carry. You know what else the Bible says about you? That you are the people of his what? The people of his? Come on, somebody who reads the Bible. No, the people of his pasture. What does that mean? What is a pasture? You are the people of his good grazing. If you are the people of his good grazing, you are chosen, erected, and placed on a very good patch of grazing. This is why he's... Being young and now old, he's never seen the righteous forsaken. No, these children doing what? Begging for bread because they are the people that are positioned and planted where? In the fullness of his pasture. Because you can never be a people of his pasture and then you're starving. What pasture is that? So I was in the village. So after the lady said all she did, I felt very sad and my heart was moved for her. And the next morning we went to church. And it's a little church in the village and everybody was there. The village chief was there. The witches were there. The wizards were there. And that's the thing, guys. When the church does not have the power of the Holy Spirit, it just becomes another social outing. Should we go to the mall or should we go to church? Should we go play tennis or should we go to church? Should we go to play golf or should we go to church? But as the Lord positions us and launches us to walk in the fullness of who we are as his church, it's, it's never going to be an option about where you should be and what you should be doing. Because you know you want to be in his glory. Because you know you want to stand in the power of his anointing. So when I was in that little village, the Lord just put on my heart, Luke chapter 4, verse 18. And funny enough, this is the first verse or scripture Jesus ever read or taught on in announcing his public ministry. 
So this was Jesus that picked up the scroll at the synagogue and uh, opened up to the part that was prophesied by the prophet Isaiah. So from 18 to 19, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Where is the Spirit of the Lord? Okay? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Okay? So there's two things about the Spirit and the anointing of, of God on your life. There is a Spirit of the Lord that is in you, and the Spirit of the Lord that is meant to be upon you. Okay? Do we understand there's a difference? The Spirit in you, and the Spirit upon you. The Spirit in you, it is to enable you and empower you to walk the Christian life that God, that you've, he's called you to. The Spirit in you is your counselor, he's your comforter, he's your guide. The Spirit within you is your teacher. The Spirit within you, he gives you revelation and understanding of the scriptures. The Spirit within you teaches you and prepares you. The Spirit within you works with the Holy Spirit in bringing an inward transformation in you so you can walk in the fullness of the life and the calling that God has placed on your life. Okay? So if you look through the Gospels, when Jesus raised from the dead and he came in the room full of the disciples, what's the first thing he did on them? He breathed on them and says, Receive their Holy Spirit. But do not go anywhere else. Tarry in Jerusalem. Until what? You receive the Spirit. Because you shall receive power. Anointing when the power of the Holy Spirit comes uh, upon you. Okay, so the first touch they received, the Holy Spirit. So when you said yes to Jesus, when you said yes to the gospel, when you said, Jesus, I open my heart, come in my heart, he came in your heart. Actually, who came in your heart when you said, come in my heart, Jesus? It is his spirit. It is his Holy Spirit that came where? In your heart. So when you open your heart to Jesus, his spirit comes where? In you. Okay? So that's the cool thing is that if you've received Jesus in your heart as your Lord and Savior, you've got the Spirit of God in you. He teaches you. He gives you understanding of the Scripture. He coaches you. He shows you things. Okay? So this is the Spirit of the Lord that was in Jesus. Now Jesus is talking about something. What he's talking about over himself here, it is the Acts 2 experience where the Spirit of the Lord comes where? Upon you. Okay? So when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, what does he do in your life? What is his purpose? What is he there for? Okay? You ready? So according to Luke 4, 18, it says the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Okay? And he has anointed me to be hope for the poor. Okay? This is uh, the Passion Translation. Other translation, it says, anointed me to bring good news to the poor. But this is a little bit something. 
Okay, what does he say? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me to be what? Hope to the poor. What did the Spirit upon you do? It turns you into a hope-bringing person to the poor. Okay? When the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, what, what, what happens to you? You become hope. It transforms you into being hope to the poor. Alright? What did the Spirit of the Lord upon you do to you? Come on, talk with me. Okay? It makes you into hope for the poor. What did the Spirit of the Lord upon you do to you? You become hope. Okay? There's a big difference. Probably these are the misconceptions and misunderstanding why we have not learned to walk in the fullness of Scripture. Who is hope to the poor? Who is hope to the poor? Who is hope to the poor? Why are you hope to the poor? Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. So while we've been waiting on God to bring hope to the poor, God has been waiting on us to be hope to the poor. Well, we've been crying for revival. God has been waiting on us to be revival to the dead. Well, we've been crying out of, to God for fire. He's been waiting on us to be the burning flames. Okay, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has anointed me to be hope to the poor, to be freedom to the brokenhearted, and to be eyes for the blind. So when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, there's a few things that he brings and he imparts and he deposits on your life. You become empowered to walk in the hope of the salvation of the nations. When the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, He empowers you to carry the fullness of the kingdom of heaven. Because the kingdom of heaven is where? The kingdom of heaven is where? In you. So every day of your life is meant to be a living manifestation of the kingdom of God. Anywhere you go is meant to be a living manifestation of the glory of God. Everywhere you are is meant to be a manifestation of the fire of the spirit of God. Wherever you go, the glory of God has come. Wherever you go, the fire of God has come. Wherever you go, the salvation of the living God has come. Wherever you go, healing has come. Wherever you go, deliverance has come. Wherever you go, signs and wonders have come. Wherever you go, 
the anointing has come. This is a new dimension of glory when the sons of glory realize who, are, who they are and they, step out, and they step in and step out in the fullness of who their fathers called them to be. This is what Romans 8 is about. All creation eagerly wakes with deep groanings for the sons of God to be revealed. For you to be revealed in the fullness of the glory the Father has placed upon you. Because what kind of glory is on you and me? No, no, no. Jesus says, Father, the same glory you've given me, I give to them. The same glory. Michael, the glory of God on you is the same glory that was on Jesus because God took the glory and put it on Jesus. And when he put the glory on Jesus, Jesus held up the glory to the Father and said, Father, this glory you've given me, I give it to them. You guys are such a pack of dynamite and the only consolation the devil has is because you don't know it that's the only consolation the devil has because the people that are anointed for power and glory don't know the power and the glory they carry don't know the power and glory they have been called to don't know the power and glory of the name that is upon them because at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. And that's the name that you carry, which makes every knee bow, every tongue confess. That's the name you carry. That's the name God has put on you. When we begin to understand this revelation and begin to step and walk into it, we step in the days prophesied in Zechariah that the glory of the former temple shall be, latter temple shall be greater than the former. Because you are the latter temple of the living God. You are the temple that is made, not made of stone. You are the temple that is not made of bricks. You are the temple that is made and crafted by his own hands. Guys, it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead that is at work in you. You've got the dunamis, resurrecting power of the Holy Spirit in you and through you. Okay? So, we've done very well working with the Holy Spirit in us. Okay? Give yourself a part. Well done. Well done. 
for working with the Spirit within you. Okay? Tell your friend, well done for working in with the Spirit within you. Okay? Now tell your friend, let's move a little step further. Let's step into the Spirit upon us. Let's step into the Spirit upon us. The Spirit of power, mighty, signs and wonders, and miracles. Why is this important? Okay? Why is this important? Because they say, go to all the nations preaching the good news, and everybody that believes, baptize them. And these signs shall follow those who believe. Okay? The Spirit of God upon you is meant to be the only way the world is going to know that you believe in Him. Because His signs and wonders will do what? Will follow you. Put differently, the Spirit upon you is the credentials of the Holy Spirit on your life. Okay? The manifestation of the power on you are your credentials for ministry. Thank God for degrees from college, but I think we prefer the credentials of the Holy Spirit. These signs shall follow them, those that believe. Am I speaking to a bunch of believers in here? If you're a believer, put your hand up. Okay, so if you're a believer, there is a new game plan. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. And you are meant to carry His glory. You are meant to be hope to the poor, freedom to the brokenhearted, sight to the blind, and freedom to the oppressed. Anybody remembers Acts chapter 10 verse 38? How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Okay? What did God do? Anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. What is God doing? And if he hasn't done that, we are not going to finish this service without getting you anointed. Okay? How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Okay? That's a part number one. Number one, God anointed him. Okay? Number two, how he went about doing good. Okay? You anointed for good works. You anointed for good works. He just don't get anointed so you can soak all day every day. 
Now, you get anointed so you can get out and go about and do some good works. You understand this? You are not anointed to sit in the Holy Ghost's blanket all day. You are anointed so you can get off your butt, my butt included, get around and do what? Do good works. Okay? From the top, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth and how he went around doing good work and healing. That's the next part. All who were oppressed by the devil. Okay? So, what does the Spirit upon you do? It anoints you for good works. Okay? Good works. What are the good works? Is it Isaiah 64? Luke 4, 18. Hope to the poor. That's good works. Hope to the brokenhearted. That's good works. Recovery of sight to the blind. That's good works. Freedom to the captive. That's good work. To proclaim the year of the Lord's Favor, that's good work. And what is a crowning, spicing cherry on the, whatever that is? Healing all who are oppressed by the enemy. Why was this very important to Jesus and why is it still very important to Jesus? John 1, 3, 8. He says Jesus came to do what? Destroy the works of the devil. How are the works of the devils destroyed? It's not by casting and binding. That's a good start. Casting, binding, and rebuking is a good start. But the only way the works of the enemy are truly broken and destroyed is when you go around doing good works under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's what breaks the works of the devil. Does that make sense? When we go out and doing good works and healing all that are oppressed by the devil and we are moved by compassion to people that are oppressed by the enemy like sheep without a shepherd, we say the kingdom of God is here. John the Baptist said, sent his disciples, Go ask Jesus, is he the one that was to come or shall we wait? And Jesus said, go tell John. The poor have received the good news. The brokenhearted have been mended. The blind have received the sight. The oppressed have received freedom. 
and the people in prisons are set free. If I was Jesus, I could have said, go tell John. Wasn't he there? Wasn't he the one that was baptizing me when the heavens opened and the voice from heaven said and he heard and everybody heard, this is my beloved son. Probably, if I was Jesus, that's what I could have told John's disciples. See, but that was not the point. You know how many times John said to the people that, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of man. The heavens open. He's the guy. He's taught everybody, this is the guy. And this particular day, he's doubting whether that was the guy. Why is John doubting whether that was the guy? Well, for starters, I'm in prison. And this mad woman is after me. And any time she'll be telling her daughter to dance for the king and ask for my head on a platter, it can't definitely be him. What I'm trying to say is our faith, our conviction, our resolve might be tested but he does not nullify his promises to you. Making sense? Okay, talked enough? How about the kingdom come down? Just close your eyes before the Lord. This morning, as we're just praying and waiting on the Lord, we're just seeing the Lord releasing an angelic host over this place. And in particular, in my heart, in my spirit, I saw this angel was bringing breakthrough to people and this is what you've noticed from the beginning a lot of people getting touched and set free and uh, the Lord just reciting their internal makeup to line up with the purposes and the destiny that God has for them And I felt that particularly the Lord wanted to break a curse, the curse over the lives of people, wanted to break the curse, particularly in the area of finances. You know, guys, I do not do sermons about money and finances. It's not my nature. But particularly, I felt there was an angel for breakthrough in the area of finances.
And if your heart is feeling, I'm saying this for the offering, please, I ask you, don't give. Okay? Don't give. I don't want your giving contaminate what the Lord wants to do. Okay? Because this is, this is not about money. It's about breaking the curse and the breakthrough in your life. Okay? I know a lot of people over the years have been hitting their head against the wall in the area of finances. But I truly, genuinely believe there's an angel of the Lord that wants to bring a breakthrough in that area of your life. What does that have to do with you giving and uh, offering this morning? It has everything to do with activating your faith in the breakthrough that God is inviting you into. You may have given before, thank God for your giving. But there is a new realm of anointing that the Lord is releasing on this church, which is a very different soil to sow your seed in. Does that make sense? This is a very different soil. There is a different level of grace the guy I was with in America in a meeting like this he failed to say the Lord was releasing a thousand times retain on what people saw. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just trying to give you an example. And this guy gave $100 and believed for a thousand percent return. And the funny thing is, within a few months, he got given $100,000. He was homeless and he bought a house cash. And then he goes to another meeting, and uh, the same thing happened. The Lord is releasing a thousand dollars, a thousand percent return. What did he do? He gave another hundred dollars. What a dummy! <laughs> I'm like, I have never come across anybody that dumb. You know what happened a few weeks, months later? He was given another $100,000. Okay, that's why I feel what a dummy. What could you have done if it was you? (laughs) 
I would have probably given but thank God the dummy when I visited him in Las Vegas he had bought his fourth house debt free so it was like from homeless actually divorced then homeless then hundred dollar sewings and four houses. What I'm trying to say is there is a realm of breakthrough that we have not been privy to or have had access to that I feel the Lord is opening up to us this morning. Actually, to tell you the truth, I was very disappointed when he told me that. That he wanted to bring financial freedom. I was hoping we we're going to do signs and wonders, healing and stuff that were that cool. Okay, I'm just sharing my heart. So when he said he wants to do that, I was like, oh. So this is me obeying. I would have preferred healings, but <laughs> what he wants to do is bring financial freedom to your heart. And there is an angel that uh, is released specifically this morning. To bring that. So what I want us to do is let's unite our faith. In obedience. And activate our faith. By giving to him. Okay? So you may say, those of you that have got those automatic transfer that happens every week, I want you to write whatever that is you usually transfer every week or whichever way and write it on a piece of paper because I specifically just want to pray over you and your finances and agree in faith and see a breakthrough. Okay, specifically what I heard is the Lord wants to break a curse in your finances. It's no more of a blessing. It's a blessing, but more so it is breaking the curse over your finances. Where we feel like our pockets have got holes. Okay, we're ready to do that? Now, here's a part of good news. Who knows what you do when it is sowing time and you do not have seed? Thank you, Ross. If it is sowing time and you do not have seed, borrow some seed. Okay? If it is sowing time, you do not have seed, borrow some seed. If there's nobody nearby to borrow seed from, write on a little piece of paper what seed you got faith for, and then we pray over whatever that is. I'm, I'm not going to get left out on this, honey. Give me a little paper. Uh, I want more seed. 
I don't want to sow that kind of little seed. I want more seed. And I borrow a pen. Well, anybody wanting paper? Yeah, thank you. Okay, so what we're going to do is, when you're ready, you're going to put it in there. Just a moment. When you're ready, just put it in there, and then we're going to gather around it, and just release the anointing, and then we can... uh, Pray for impartation and come on guys, let's stay engaged in the spirit. Let's stay engaged in the spirit. This is a very important spiritual moment that I feel which is the only thing, actually one of the few things I saw about this service this morning. If you don't have seed, borrow seed. If you can borrow seed, make a promissory note on the seed. If you wrote something on a little paper, whatever you write on the paper after the service, go to the FP 